This is the Create Love, Create Freedom podcast. My name is Allison Fisher, and on today's episode, we are going to be talking about confidence. We're going to be talking about how to build confidence within ourselves. Um, We're going to be looking at how to simply be more confident We are going to look at the differences between confidence and self-esteem. And we're also going to look at confidence versus insecurity. So let's start with confidence versus insecurity. When we are learning how to be more confident, or when we are looking at um, how to build confidence within ourselves, we want to first, of course, understand you know, what someone looks like who is very self-confident and someone who is very insecure or more insecure. So confident people tend to celebrate other people's success. They tend to be open-minded and optimistic. They tend to be willing to take calculated risks, risks that they have assessed and decided they're worth going after. Uh, They also tend to be people who don't think, take themselves too seriously. They'll laugh at themselves from time to time when they've done something silly. They're generally fairly decisive. Um, They are people who are always learning and growing. They admit their mistakes and they often um, accept responsibility for their life, for their mistakes um, at a much higher rate than people who are insecure. So insecure people tend to have kind of an ability to be jealous of others and also judge others. They tend to be more close-minded, more pessimistic. They tend to be afraid to change. Um, They generally are also people who tend to compare themselves to others and really try to hide their flaws. Um, Instead of kind of laughing at either the mistakes or the flaws that they have as a person, they really try to hide them. They also tend to be highly um, indecisive. Um, Sometimes they can act from a place of kind of knowing it all, but yet that's really just a mask. They're trying to cover up the fact that they don't know everything. They also tend to make a lot of excuses And they also tend to shift the blame quite a bit onto somebody else. Oh, that wasn't my fault. Oh, um, you know, that wouldn't have happened if so-and-so wouldn't have done whatever it was. Um, I thought that it'd be really important to talk about confidence because I don't know about you, but I am someone who in my past, particularly due to my childhood, um, due to the wounds and trauma that I kind of picked up in my childhood, um, well into my twenties and my thirties, I really early thirties, I really struggled to, um, to be very confident. Now looking back, I can see that, you know, um, having a parent who has borderline personality disorder, um, really kind of contributed to a lot of that lack of confidence within myself. Um, as well as then forming insecure attachment, or for me, it was anxious attachment. And, um, I 
so for those of you who kind of know my story a little bit, um, I, you know, uh, was an undergraduate, you know, um, graduated, uh, then went to Peace Corps. Um, I served as a Peace Corps volunteer in Zambia. Um, it was, you know, kind of lived in a little mud hut, no electricity or running water. It was actually really fantastic. It was also hard some days. Uh, you're like, oh, I would give my left arm to go home today. But uh, stuck it out, said, mm, tomorrow may be better. Let's, let's keep trying. Um, and so I came back from Peace Corps and I started my first business. I heard the word entrepreneur and I was like, oh, hell yes, that is me. Um, so anyway, I started um, a financial advising business and um, I was very good at putting together a plan. Uh, we couldn't call, I couldn't call it a financial plan because I had not passed the certified financial planner um, uh, certification quite yet. But um, I put together really excellent financial plans for people, um, really helped them understand why each piece was in place, really learned a lot about them so that I could help them reach their goals because my goals aren't their goals. And I was very good at that. But what I really struggled with was getting people to say yes, um, getting people to actually invest their money, to pull the trigger. Um, and I struggled with that a lot, partly because I wasn't very confident. Um, I would often really struggle with the sales process, right? Now I have stepped away from kind of that more masculine driven sales process to a much more kind of feminine business approach. Um, I don't like to push things on people. If it works for you, go ahead, purchase, you know, that's, that's great. Um, but that kind of environment of, you know, you must, um, have these many sales or, or this kind of thing in order to, um, stay a part of the business or, you know, it was all commission based. And I struggled with that a little bit. And a lot of that was due to the fact that I wasn't very confident. Now, again, going back to my childhood, why would I have been? Um, I walked on eggshells in my home. I never knew when my mother was going to explode in anger or break down in tears. Um, you know, I, I wasn't taught how to have boundaries. I wasn't taught, um, you know, how to self-soothe. I wasn't taught that failure isn't the end of the world, Right. I mean, maybe a little bit, but not to the degree where I really became securely attached. And so I really struggled with how people saw me, right? Well, people don't invest with people who are not confident. Let's be 100% honest about that. And so I struggled in that business a bit. The other thing that was a struggle for me in that business um, was that it was not something that I built from the ground up. For whatever reason, that has been something that's been very important to me. I do not know why, but there it is. So, you know, I really looked at a business, uh, looked at creating a business for the future where I could really scale things. Um, and I could really do things that I guess had a, like a deeper meaning to me. So I stepped away from the financial advising business and I built a different business and, um, didn't really like it. Uh, didn't really enjoy it. Now, this was after I had come back from my second trip to Zambia. My second trip was to meet a man that I had been talking to online. Um, and he had been pressuring me for a while to come out. We had known each other for about seven months. And um, 
I got there. I was supposed to stay three weeks. I did stay three weeks and he treated my, me like absolute trash. Um, I'm fairly confident that he was a covert narcissist also, um, had disorganized attachment. The two are not mutually exclusive, but, um, I was devastated. I mean, my anxious attachment went into hyperdrive. Um, I was a, a shadow of the woman that I am today. And I got home from that experience and I said, that was awful. Um, I even told the guy before I left, I said, I don't know why I was attracted to you, but this isn't ever going to happen to me again. I cannot allow this. I must, you know, um, I, I, I can't allow this. I, I have to figure out what is going on. And I knew that some of it was me. Um, the guy in Zambia had said that it was all me and that I was, um, dysfunctional and that I was, um, well, I think he called me dramatic at one point. Um, but I was deeply hurt by the way that he treated me. Um, but he also called me unstable. And of course, you know, you begin to believe some of those things about yourself. And he said, you know, I thought that, you know, you were this confident person, this independent woman. And don't get me wrong. Some of that confidence was there, but up until that point, up until coming home from Zambia back in, I guess it was 2018, I had, I kind of operated by the belief, fake it till you make it, which I think is an absolute garbage um, kind of saying. Don't fake it till you make it. Make it till you make it. Work on yourself till you make it. Heal until you make it or whatever term on the, on the end of that, it doesn't have to be make it. But, um, I really reexamined a lot of things. I really started down this kind of deep dive of why am I the way I am? Why do I struggle with lack of confidence? Why do I not go after what I want in life? What is holding me back? It's obviously me. Um, but I, and then I really looked at that relationship and I said, you know, for the first time I was like, he wasn't any good for me. He was a horrible person, like horrible person. And I thought he was really wonderful before I went. Now, of course, people can present themselves as very different. Funny enough, he accused me of that, but beside the point. Um, and so I really had to kind of dive into a lot of aspects of me. And, and right before I went to meet this guy, I learned about attachment style and attachment theory. And I thought that he was securely attached and he was not. Um, but I realized that almost instantaneously that I was anxiously attached. And then I learned that I could heal it. And so through this process of really understanding who I was, I had been studying Myers-Briggs personality type for a long time at that point. Um, but I... I really, you know, started to uh, take a deeper dive into my attachment style. How do I heal this? Um, I really, uh, I found a wonderful woman who, um, she has a business called, well, actually she has passed away, uh, which is terribly sad. I wish I could keep learning from her. Um, but I did a study on the five laws of feminine power. And then I also went on this journey of understanding the seven feminine archetypes and the eight masculine archetypes. 
um, using kind of Greek mythology um, and, and really understanding part of it was understanding seduction, right? Um, understanding myself as a woman. I really went deep into understanding the feminine and the masculine. That's when I found David Data and began reading a lot of his books like The Way of the Superior Man, uh, Dear Lover, um, uh, Intimate Communion, uh, just all like revolutionary in my mind. Um, but I also really began looking at you know, setting boundaries, soothing my inner child, uh, doing inner child work, um, all of these different kinds of things that really led me to where I am now, which is a, I, I would call it an authentic confidence. It's not a confidence with a mask on. It's not a confidence that, well, I hope that you like me because I really need you to. It's a, I'm a very likable person. Um, I'm a lovely human being, but if you don't like me, that's okay too. Um, I, it doesn't, um, hurt me the same way. Right. And so I began not finding my validation just in other people. Certainly it's nice when you're validated by others. Um, but I also made sure that I learned how to really love myself. Um, I really had to, you know, work on my internal dialogue and change a lot of the stories and the self-limiting beliefs that really held me back. And this really allowed me to move into a sense of confidence. And I wanted to talk with you guys about that today because a lot of the people that I work with, either through one-on-one coaching or in our members club, um, where you know, we have a, a quite a large group of women now. I'm so excited over the past couple of months. It's totally grown, especially now that we've moved over to Mighty Networks, which is such a much better platform. I can't even tell you, you, you can probably hear it in my voice. I am so excited about that. And, you know, over in our members club each month, we release a new, or I release a new um, masterclass is what I call it. And it is a new self-healing topic. Um, and so we go through a whole bunch of different things. And I've had a couple um, requests by women in the members club or, um, you know, whatnot. And um, that has been, you know, that's been really wonderful. But one of the things as well is that, um, you know, it, it's really, for me, it's been building an authentic confidence in my life. And it's allowed me to do the things that I do. It's allowed me to start this podcast. 10 years ago, I would have absolutely not been confident enough to start this podcast to build the business that really matters to me and that I think really helps other people. Um, and what I found through the, the folks that I work with is that they also struggle a lot with confidence. And so I, I wanted to discuss, um, you know, what is self-confidence and then really kind of look at some different, um, some different kind of ways to build confidence in our lives. So when we look at self-confidence, it really focuses on the ability to overcome daily life challenges. So focusing on our capability, um, yes, our achievements, but also skill set, 
Now, achievements are important because unless we actually get something done each day, um, you know, we, we won't have anything kind of either at the end of the month or at the end of the year to really show for what we've done. On the other hand, achievements are only a small portion of, you know, what it means to be confident. Um, there are a lot of times that I fail and I've still achieved something because I've now understood what, you know, the women in my community need or want in a better way because they didn't want what I had to offer. And that's okay too. Um, so I can, I can change things and show up in a different way. So you can have good self-confidence um, or a high level of self-confidence and feel confident in certain areas of your life and less confident in the others, by the way. Um, it has taken me a while to kind of feel like most areas of my life, I'm kind of operating at a high 80%. Um, well, I should say a high 90%, a low 80%. I feel very confident. Now, there are days that still knock me down, right? It kind of, it happens to us all, I'm sure. Um, but, you know, there are times when we can feel very self-assured about our work or maybe uh, school um, knowing that, you know, we're very organized and, you know, uh, we meet deadlines really well. Um, you know, on the other hand, we may not feel as confident in our relationships or maybe our social life. So just know that confidence, part of it is across, across the board, right? Um, looking at all aspects of ourselves, but confidence can also be stronger in certain areas than other areas. So, self-esteem, um, when we look at kind of the difference between self-confidence and self-esteem, self-esteem is your inner belief in yourself, but it can also incorporate your inner critic. So if you have a low uh, belief in yourself, you tend to have low confidence as well and a higher inner critic. And so, you know, people can also possess um what I like to kind of call counterfeit confidence or an inauthentic confidence where they may imitate someone um, that has a high level of confidence. They may use this apparent confidence as a mask, right? I kind of talked earlier about that kind of mask that we'll put on um, to really kind of compensate for their true feelings of low uh, self-esteem and low confidence. So we're going to come back to um, the difference between confidence and self-esteem. But first, I wanted to really look at um, what are some what are some ways that we can really build self-confidence. I would say first is stepping outside of our comfort comfort zone. Um, there's nothing. I guess more empowering sometimes, although sometimes it's really scary, right? To step outside of your comfort zone. I remember the first time I ran a Spartan race, I was like, this is terrifying. I don't know what to do. Um, I've never done this before. Um, there are all these people, they're watching me. They're also athletes, all these different kinds of things, right? But I think it's also really empowering when we do something that pushes us outside of our comfort zone. Um, we step outside of it and we actually complete whatever it was. Because for my first Spartan race, I said, it doesn't matter what your time was. Don't worry about that. 
we're just going to finish. We're going to do as many obstacles as we can. And the obstacles we can't do, we're going to do our burpees, right? Um, and I think it's also really important to understand that our critics aren't really the people who count. Um, I think that one of the hard things for us in order to kind of build our confidence is to step outside of our comfort zone, right? Um, we, we worry about what other people will say about us. I certainly did for years. Now, I keep going back to it uh, throughout the podcast, um, but one of the best books I read, um, that was after I came back from Africa with that really terrible man um, who treated me like trash. I read, or I should say listened to, uh, The Four Agreements as well as The Fifth Agreement every single month for an entire year. It's only a couple hours long. I mean, let's be honest, I have longer romance books uh, than those two combined. Um, So it's doable, absolutely doable each month. Um, But I would go on walks and I would listen. And one of the, and probably the most profound for me um, was, at least to begin with, was don't take anything personally. Nothing ever, any, nothing anyone ever says or does has anything to do with you. So for me, the critic isn't the one who counts, right? Um, the critic isn't the, uh, the person who's um, showing up. Um, the person, I, I think that there is a, not I think, there is a uh, quote by one of our past presidents, um, Teddy Roosevelt, Theodore Roosevelt, and it's a speech that he gave and it's called Man in the Arena. And I'd like to read a part of it to you because I think it is so profound in understanding, you know, who counts, who matters in our lives, uh, particularly when we are looking at stepping outside of our comfort zone. So this is from Theodore Roosevelt. Um, so he says, It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes up short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, for who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that His place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat. This was something that I turned to a lot in those times. So there are plenty of people who can criticize you, who can tear you down. Now, if you're in a relationship with someone who's tearing you down, get out of that relationship. You deserve better. On the other hand, this is true, at least from my perspective, life is going to knock you down over and over and over again. 
Um, I have heard from many entrepreneurial women. Uh, I'm part of a uh, members club, funny enough, um, is with the uh, Female Entrepreneur Association and Carrie Green. And she talks about failing her way to success. You are going to get knocked down in your life over and over and over again. But if you continue moving forward, even though you are knocked a step or two back, if you continue moving forward, if you continue um, cultivating that kind of mindset that says, okay, I'm on my ass right now. I'm in the dust. I've got blood and sweat and tears, um, but I'm going to keep going. I'm going to step outside my comfort zone again. I think that this, I, I think that the more that you do it, the easier it becomes. Um, the more that you say, that's okay. People may laugh. People may criticize. People may try to bring me down. I'm not going to listen to those people. Those people aren't living my life, right? Uh, one of my least favorite phrases of all time is just be realistic. F realistic. Okay. I'm no, I'm not going to be realistic. Um, it's like when people talk to you about your standards, when it comes to your relationships, oh, your standards are just too high. I have people tell me that all the time. Well, that's why you're not married at 39. (laughs) Um, I generally try not to swear at them, but it's my brain goes F off, right? Like, no, you don't get to tell me what my standards are. Those are my standards. It's the same thing with stepping outside of your comfort zone. At the end of the day, throughout your life, you're going to be judged constantly by people. So what? Let them judge you. Um, You know, I had to get to that place where other people's opinions do not matter so much. Now, there are a few people in my inner circle who, whose opinions deeply matter to me. I very much care what my sister thinks. Um, I've had to learn how to care less about what my parents think, because uh, that was something that I had to do to be healthier. Um, but don't worry so much about that. Don't worry about the people who are shouting from the sidelines and not in a positive way. They're not for you. They're against you. Be with people who are for you and pursue, push on ahead. Um, another way to really build your confidence, uh, for me, it's, it's really been developing a sense of awareness. So I can't change anything about my life until I'm aware that it needs to be changed. Um, I, I sometimes am, am not necessarily aware of the things that are very triggering to me, or at least I wasn't. Uh, when I was, you know, before I'd really gone gone on my self-healing journey. But now, now I'm much more aware, partly because I've changed how I speak about myself. You want to gain some real confidence? Change your internal dialogue, what you say about yourself to yourself. I used to be so nasty and terrible and horrible to myself internally. Um, and I had to stop doing that. And so I would catch myself when that would happen. And then I would change how I said something, but I couldn't have done that unless I was aware of it. Um, but you know, once you become aware of the things that leave you feeling down, um, with a a sense of low confidence, right? When you're triggered in that way, a low sense of self-esteem, um, you know, be aware of those moments, note those in your brain. Um, sometimes maybe write them down. 
uh, this is also usually a good time for me to breathe through something. Sometimes meditation helps. I usually do what's called the box breathing. So that's holding for a count of four. Um, I'm sorry, inhaling for a count of four, holding for a count of four, exhaling for a count of four, and holding for a count of four. Turns out when you have to hold your breath for a couple of seconds, a lot of things kind of slow down in your mind. Um, but it also helps you be very aware. What are the things that you need to change? How are you triggered? In what moments do you feel really deeply um, self-conscious? Um, that you have low confidence, that you uh, don't have a high sense of self-esteem. You don't esteem yourself in a positive way. Um, I think another thing for me as well has really been, um, you know, not comparing myself with other people. I think particularly as women, we do this when it comes to our bodies. Um, one of the reasons why I stopped going to a CrossFit gym once COVID uh, happened was because I was really tired of both comparing myself to other people, but being compared. And um, I have very much enjoyed building out my own home gym uh, in my garage and um, my dad comes by several times a week and I have friends that will come by and will work out with me from time to time. But I've never had trouble with motivation for the most part, um, particularly because I feel so good when I work out. And I don't just do CrossFit anymore. I do a lot of endurance stuff too, but I also do, I actually follow um, Marcus Philly's uh, functional bodybuilding. So in case I've had a couple people ask me what I, what I do. And for me, that works really well. So look up Marcus Philly on um, Instagram. Uh, his programming is fantastic and there are multiple different levels. So um, you can do a lot of the, the stuff. And also if you're traveling, there's some body weight stuff for you just to get in some good workouts. So, um, but when I stop comparing myself to others, when I stop comparing my body, when I stop comparing um, my level of education, when I stop comparing where I was in my life compared to somebody else, somebody else that I deeply admired, um, how pretty another woman is. I mean, I still recognize, dang, she's real pretty. Um, but at the same time, I don't have to tear myself down in that process. Um, and I've learned how to put myself in environments where I... I, I just don't. I don't compare myself anymore. I work really hard. Now, is my salary where I want it to be? Well, no. But am I working on it every single day by building out my business? Absolutely. Um, I think that this kind of aspect of stopping the comparison and, and really understanding that comparison, at least for me, very much is the theft of joy. How can I love my life if I'm constantly feeling like I don't measure up? So instead, I I practice gratitude, right? Um, I'm so thankful for certain kinds of things, not at the detriment of others, but I'm just thankful for um, for the life that I have, for the life that I've built so far. And I would say that that's another uh, thing that I have done as well is actually going after a lot of the things that I want. Uh, when I was going down my self-healing journey, it was only, um, well, less than two years ago that I was like, 
holy crap, I've been taking all these courses from women, from people, and I've come away with a lot of things as well and a lot of ways that I can be helpful to others. And so I said, I'm going to start a business. I was also slightly terrified, right? I was also slightly terrified of starting a podcast. Well, what if I mess up? Yeah, I mess up a lot. It's okay. Um, you know, no, I don't have music in the beginning. I've actually had several people say they actually like that, that I get right into it. Um, and so like, it's fine. You can start with the bare minimum. Um, I don't even have a camera for most of the videos that I do on Instagram and TikTok and the videos that I do in our members club. Right now I'm just using my damn iPhone and that's fine too. Eventually I will be at a place where I can, you know, where I, I want to immediately drop, I don't know, $2,500 or more on a camera. But right now the iPhone works. So what's really holding me back? Well, in the past, it always been me, me not believing in myself, uh, me not thinking that I had anything to offer anybody. And so I think another thing too is pulling the trigger on the things that matter to you. Now, a couple of the things that I have done personally that have really helped with that is, um, I've, I've said this before in the podcast, but um, I've got a little notebook next to me. Um, it is a little leather bound kind of thing, and it's got a little weekly tracker in it. So every day, um, there's a little grid because you list the activities and then there's Sunday through or Saturday through Sunday at the top. And so every day, I put a little X by all the things that I have to do. The activities that I know that if I work on these things every single day, the rest of my life is going to be amazing. So when I'm 100, I'm going to, even though, you know, in my 20s and my 30s or half of my 30s, I struggled for a little while to find my footing, to figure out who I was, to heal my wounds. But now, you know, I, I've been able to do that. It's it's kind of like the bow and arrow, right? You got to pull the bow back in order for the arrow to shoot forward. So sometimes you, you got to take a step back. You got to do the self-healing work. It has been the most key and pivotal thing I've ever done in my life that has gotten me to where I want to go now or, and where I am now and where I want to go in the future. And I will also say that taking daily action um, is one of the most significant things that I would, that I've ever done. My mentor, um, Tom Shea, he's a retired Navy SEAL. One of the things that he taught me was take simple action. Don't, you know, you don't need 17 different things that, you know, you've got to uh, focus on when it comes to your business. Every month I choose one thing, right? And, and when I started the podcast, I didn't start it until I knew I would do uh, two episodes a week. And I wanted to do that for a minimum of three years and see where it goes, right? But I'm committed to that. Um, and so, you know, what I do is I take simple action every day and then I repeat it and I repeat it and I repeat it and then I analyze it and I say, Hmm, how has that been going? Pretty good. Okay. We're going to keep repeating that. Or just recently I found a couple new things that I want to uh, change within my business and optimize some things and really look at something, right? Cause I look at the analytics as well. And but but I had to have done the last year and a half's worth of work in order to get to this place. And so it, it's building. 
It's building one thing on top of another. But I very much believe that once we kind of take care of or, or become aware of first and then heal some of those initial deep wounds that really cut into who we are, right? Uh, again, another thing that really helped me was studying the Enneagram right? Knowing what some of those uh, deep wounds that I have are. Um, Certainly wounds within my childhood, but then working on healing those. Now I can move forward and say, okay, I have something to offer people, to offer the world. I have a purpose. What is that purpose? What does that look like? Oh, it will change throughout your life. But that purpose for now Go after it. Who cares if you mess up? Who cares if somebody says something negative? I mean, it may sting for a minute, but I don't know. At the end of the day, you know, um, I'm 39. I've still, I'm most likely going to live to probably 100 years of age. I'm barely getting started, right? A lot of those first years, the first 20 were just, you know, trying to learn the basics, right? Now I'm building on top of that. That's going to change. But the more that you heal those wounds that you have, the more confident I certainly have felt. But the other thing that I've had to pair that with is what is my purpose? For me, I realized I enjoy kind of a teaching aspect. I enjoy creating courses. Um, like I just created the quiz, um, not that long ago. If you're interested in the quiz, um, it is on the three masculine wounds that hold feminine women back and take the quiz, see what your results are. And, um, it was frustrating at points and it was also really fun. And, um, you know, creating the members club has been really fun. I started that knowing that every single month I was going to have to spend one weekend researching everything. And I was going to have to spend the next weekend filming it. Okay. So I know that those are things that I need to do. Um, You know, so again, consistent action. So when I kind of figured those things out, I want to share this with some people. I bet this is helpful for some other people. Then I, then I have refined what my purpose is. And I have found that the more purpose you have, and the more that you take daily action towards something, the more that you continue to build um, your own confidence. You kind of build on top of it. Another thing that you can do to build your confidence is to really give yourself some credit. I think it's really important to reflect on and remind yourself of all the times that you've stepped into the arena, as uh, that quote from Theodore Roosevelt uh, talked about that you've stepped outside of your comfort zone, whether you failed or not. At the end of the day, what matters is that you tried. I fail all the time. I also know in my life when things become stagnant, it's because I haven't stepped out of my comfort zone in a while. Um, the beginning of this year, I was like, hmm, I feel like I need to make a change with my exercise, with working out, whatnot. So I booked two um, Spartan races. And I also decided to change up my programming. Um, so with Marcus Philly's programming, functional bodybuilding, I decided to go up a level. Yeah, it means I spend more time for the most part, or at least uh, multiple times a week, I spend more time uh, in the gym um, instead of like 60, 
70 minutes. I spend 90 minutes in the gym and um, I love it. It's great. It pushes me a little bit. Um, now, you know, I'm taking a new certification course. Um, I guess, I guess you could put it under the category of like marriage counseling. Anyway, it's from the Gottman Institute. Awesome. Moving something forward, you know, trying something new, going to the next level in something. And I think that that's all really important. And it's also important though, to remember, to remind yourself of the things that you've done so far. When I was going through my healing process, I used to keep a, I bought a little cookie jar. It's this really pretty glass jar. And, um, it's like this deep blue, um, like an indigo. And, um, anyway, it's very pretty jar and I've still got it. And I put things in there of the things that I did, that I accomplished, that I finished. You could do it in a different way too for my business. I've got a little, um, three ring binder off to the side here where, um, with all the different uh, workbooks and stuff that the Female Entrepreneur Association puts out, I print those off. And I've got a little grid that I can see all 12 months of the year. And I put something in each one of those months. This is what I want to get done this month. This is what I want to get done next month. And then I check them off. And then I've got, you know, um, I got monthly, I've got, uh, you know, quarterly check-ins, those kinds of things. But give yourself credit. I always take a moment just to just to really honor myself. Say, well done, Allison. Shoot, that's really good. You said you were going to do that and you did it. Or, eh, okay, it took you an extra week. Eh, okay, that's cool. You still did it. You still got it done. Well done. So I think, again, being a good cheerleader for ourselves is really important. And although results are not the most important thing sometimes, results are also very important. It, it helps us actually move forward instead of saying, oh man, gosh, I've been wanting to do that for like six months now. I keep saying I'm going to do that, but I don't. That doesn't build your confidence. Uh, on piggybacking on that, um, do what you say you're going to do. Honor your word. Now, your original timeline might be different, right? Than what you originally thought. Your timeline might be different, but your, but did you finish that thing? Did you honor your word? It was kind of like with the, um, with the stuff about, uh, the, uh, you know, the Spartan race. It doesn't matter how many minutes it took me. Did you finish it? I mean, of course, barring an injury or something like that. But, um, I think that those are, are really important things. Um, I, this week, when it comes, especially when it comes to honoring your word. Um, so there's a guy that I follow. He wrote the book called Atomic Habits. His name is James Clear. By the way, Atomic Habits is probably up there in the top 10 of the 100 books you have to read before you die. It's definitely one of them for me. Everyone probably has a little bit of a different list, but that's one for me. And so this week he sent out, actually, I guess it was last Thursday, he sent out an email because um, I subscribed to his Thursday email list. Um, he calls it the three, two, one, um, three ideas, two quotes, one question, but he says, so these are his three ideas. It's rarely doing the work that's hard. It's often starting the work. Once you begin, it's often less painful to continue working. That's why in the beginning, it's often more important to build the habit of getting started 
than it is to worry about whether or not you're doing enough. Honor your word. Get started. That is also going to build your confidence. Confidence is also, can you trust you? So part of my lack of self-esteem was, I would say I wanted certain things, but I didn't know how to make it happen. So you have to honor your word. You have to do one thing at a time. Another thing James Clear said was, imagine the outcome you want to create. Envision where you're headed in great detail. Don't talk yourself out of it. Don't encourage yourself to be realistic. You'll have to wrestle with reality soon enough. Don't be your own bottleneck at this stage. So we asked the question, what would the magical outcome be? For me, I'm literally living that every day. And 10 years ago, this is the life I dreamed of. Isn't that fantastic? And it's just been daily actions. Wash, rinse, repeat. Wash, ooh, find some problems. Okay, clean it up, right? Make changes. Not everything is going to stay the same. But don't talk yourself out of it. Do it. Say, you know, what you want. Make sure that your, you know, your goal is, uh, don't be realistic, right? I hate that term. Absolutely hate that. But make sure that it's actually manageable. Make sure that you can actually do it. Um, but also push aside those people who say, be realistic. And I would say that that's another way to build your self-confidence. Don't listen to those jerks. Don't be realistic. Dream up the best life you possibly can and then take actions to go after it. You don't know which actions. That's okay. Start with some. I get rid of things. I cut things from my life all the time. And that didn't really work out so well. Okay, moving on right? Um, Just the beginning of this year, uh, December, I think it was 28th, I had a woman reach out to me and say, hey, I just signed up for your members club. And it was on a different platform. And she's like, I can only see a few posts from May. And I was like, good Lord, this is so irritating because it it happened a couple of times. And I was like, that's it. I am done with that platform. I am now moving to something else. I began researching. It was very stressful, right? Because I want to provide the highest value. But at the same time, and it got in the way of the other things that I was going to start for January. And I was like, hmm, this isn't starting off the year right. And I was like, whoa, no, no, no. Rethink that mindset there, girl. So I said, no, no, no. This is an excellent opportunity. So I wasn't realistic. I, I didn't like the other platform that much. So I found a better one. Well, in five years from now, the platform I'm going to have for my members club is going to blow the doors off of the one that I've got now. But that's okay. So I'm, I still have that dream. I may not be able to make it a reality right now because I can't, you know, afford necessarily to, or the business can't afford to hire a, a IT person to, or, you know, whatever, a web designer, creator, you know, all those kinds of things. Um, but guess what? In the future, that's absolutely going to happen. So even if the reality looks different now, start. Honor your word. Don't be realistic. Look at the best life that you can possibly create for yourself and do it. I would also say the caveat to that for me has been do it alone. (laughs) Like keep cultivating the best version of yourself. And at least in my case, as a heterosexual woman, 
better men will also be attracted to you. But you can do it alone too. It's okay. Don't settle for something. Don't settle for a mediocre life. Don't settle for a mediocre partner or spouse. But you absolutely can manifest the life that you want. Now, it's not just through visualization, although that is very helpful, especially uh, during those first couple of years after um, I got back from Zambia, where I was just, uh, I wouldn't say that I was broken, um, but there were definitely some pieces, you know, well, that makes no sense. (laughs) If there are pieces, I was broken. Anyway, um, what's a good analogy for that? Maybe, maybe there were pieces. Um, I always thought about that, even as I was going through the process of basically being broken and then putting all the pieces of the pottery, uh, the pot, the dish, the whatever, the bowl back together. Um, I thought about uh, that Japanese um, art form where they take the broken pieces of the pottery and they, uh, they seal the edges back together with gold. And it actually makes the dish incredibly beautiful in its forms of healing, right? Being put back together, but also in its strength. Um, That's one of the, the things that I found out about myself is just how strong I am. But my strength doesn't have to come at the cost of my femininity. I can be a deeply feminine woman and be very strong. Um, so anyway, uh, those are some things for, uh, kind of in my mind as well, in terms of building your confidence, don't be realistic. Don't worry about, you know, kind of the, the other things that people say. Another thing that James Clear said was don't rush, but don't wait. So act with urgency, but release yourself from the need to achieve on a particular timeline. What you think, uh, or excuse me, when you think, longer term than most, you can think bigger than most. If it takes years, start now. The truth is, it takes years. I have been on a five-year deep healing journey. And before that, I had still been studying psychology and personal growth and development for 10 years before that. But I'm finally at a place where I have authentic confidence So yes, act with urgency. Say, I got some things I need to fix in my life. I got some things I need to heal. But don't worry about achieving it in a particular timeline. On a particular timeline. That's definitely something that's helped me not only in my personal growth journey, right? See it as a lifelong journey. Not just as something as a quick fix that I got to get done now. Um, And then the other thing too has also been in my business. That was one of the things that really held me up a bit in my financial advising practice was I, I've got to get I've got to get to here by this point. Now in the business that I have, I can also look at longer term. I can look a lot longer term. I don't have to achieve something by a particular timeline. Now I still have to get things done and I still have to take daily action. But what I decided to do instead was just be curious. It's kind of like being curious about my personal growth journey. Okay, how do I build the life I want? How do I build the person I want? How do I let go of all this baggage that's been holding me down, holding me back, keeping me from becoming who I want to become? And so for me, that has really been having a longer timeline. 
Um, one of the books that I read recently, uh, another way to kind of build your self-confidence, um, it's a little bit about visualizing your success. And it's also a little bit about, I don't know, uh, people always talk about like the Superman pose or the power pose. Um, you know, your body language, that kind of thing. I think your body language is important um, for your confidence, but I think that you have to have the inner confidence ahead of time. Um, and so for me, one of the books I read was about um, basically cultivating your inner, um, your, excuse me, your alter ego. And not as a crutch, not as, again, another mask, right? But if you really are looking deep and saying, who am I? What do I, like, what do, how do I want others to see me? Um, you know, what kinds of things do I identify with that will really help me in those moments that I, you know, that I'm, I'm having a hard day. And so for me, um, you know, especially when I understood that, you know, Beyonce, of course, she has an alter ego when she gets up on stage, you know, she was, uh, what, uh, Texas Christian, right? And now she's in tiny little outfits, right? Being very fierce up on stage, singing, um, talking about, you know, sexual things, right? And so she had to create the alter ego, Sasha Fears. So you can also have this other part of you inside yourself. And for me, I really resonated a lot with the queen. Um, I actually own a little crown, um, that I will, especially when I'm having a bad day, I'll put on my crown. Uh, I said this in one of the last podcast episodes, but, uh, one of my, one of the things that I say to myself is, and by the way, I'm going to swear. So, um, but for me, it's remember who the fuck you are. You're not somebody who's a, you're not a doormat. You don't take this lying down. Remember who you are. And for me, that's the queen. That's also the lioness. That's the warrior, right? But the feminine warrior the woman who stands up for things, um, the woman who has a voice, um, the woman who has become the sovereign queen of her own life. And you can certainly offer your opinion or offer your advice, but at the end of the day, what I decide is what goes for me. And again, doing it from a place of authentic confidence. Um, so this has helped me also kind of visualize my success, my success. Um, again, I, instead of just visualizing it, I guess I consider it more dreaming about, um, I, I, I kind of create a vision, a dream for what I want for the future. Not in a dream in terms of, oh, it's just uh, fairy tales and rainbows, you know, like I actually work towards that dream, but I imagine the kind of success, uh, the kind of achievements that I want. Um, who I need to become in order to be that. At the same time, that was very different than it was even just five years ago. So allow those kinds of things to, to, um, to change for you. It doesn't always have to be the same thing. I have found a lot of things change based upon the, um, based upon the self-healing that I do. Um, I very much love being a businesswoman. Um, I very much love wearing my suits and things like that, but I also am the kind of woman who wants to come home to a very feminine home, um, and cook and grow a garden and, you know, 
raise children and do those kinds of things. And guess what? I can have both. I can be both. I also have to build it and it's still going to take some time. But, you know, um, I think part of building that self-confidence is also being free in who you are and building something that's actually authentic to you. And that leads into two other things. And one is don't build the life that your parents want, that your spouse wants you to have or, or your partner or your friends that they say, this is what you should have. No, build what you actually want. Build what actually sets your soul on fire. If I don't do some of the things outside of my home, right, going after the things I want in life, building a successful business, I'm not going to be fully fulfilled. On the other hand, foregoing a very organic um, kind of lifestyle, a very feminine lifestyle, um, being in nature, that's also going to diminish the quality of my life. So I have figured out a way to have both, to go after both. Um, Another is there's enough to go around, right? So don't build the life anyone else wants except for you. Now, you're going to hold on to those old beliefs about who you are and what you want because you have those old stories that you still haven't deconstructed yet. So deconstruct those stories, continue working on your self-healing journey. And build the life you actually want, not the one that other people tell you you should have. But also, there's enough to go around. Um, I uh, follow Gabby Bernstein a bit, and she says, when you see others who have what you want, celebrate it. Their success um, mirrors back to you what you are ready to receive. So believe in yourself. Believe that there is enough. And this also really boosts a sense of self-confidence. This isn't a zero-sum game, right? Um, That's a a political term, uh, or I should say uh, international relations kind of term. Um, This isn't a zero-sum game. There isn't one winner and one loser, right? We can all win in very different kinds of ways, even in similar kinds of businesses, similar kinds of aspects of our life. There is enough to go around. One of the things that you may have to work on and deconstruct as well is your scarcity mindset. Something I've had to work on too. Um, The kind of constantly trying to get more and more and more and protect it at all costs. I would much prefer allowing things to come to me naturally, allowing the flow of abundance, the flow of wealth, right? To come to me because I put good things out into the world. Because I'm sharing things, sharing my story. Um, But I'm also saying, hey, if you want to go deeper, come join us. Come join us over in the members club. Come take our course. You know, Um, at the same time, though, there is enough to go around. Society tries to build in these ideas of scarcity. And I have found, um, especially with a lot of the people that I work with, especially one-on-one, there's a lot of scarcity mindset scarcity mindset on there's not enough high quality men. Yes, there are. You just haven't found them yet. You also need to continue to work on yourself, to continue to grow, to continue to be who you are. Losing your masks, gaining authentic confidence, 
And those men will also see that. Um, well, there's, you know, there's just not enough money in the world. Yes, there is. One of the reasons why I felt confident enough to start this podcast, or not just this podcast, but this business, Create Love Freedom, was because I saw other women doing it. And I was like, wait a minute. Why can't I have that? Now, it's obviously very different. One of the women um, I saw initially, um, her name is Katie. What is her last name? Katie something. Anyway, she has Love Sweat Fitness. And um, I was just like, holy crap, like, that's amazing. But when you look back at her old YouTube videos, she looked like she was in a small apartment. You know, it was dark. It wasn't uh, the beautiful kind of light home that she has now that she and her husband have, you know, um, uh, done all this work to because, you know, she's created such a successful business, helping women become healthier, fitter, right? Her videos, of course, have gotten better. But she started regardless. But she was also confident enough to do that, partly because she had changed her body, not by doing unhealthy things, but becoming healthier. Um, but also um, understanding that there's enough to go around. Of course, there are plenty of fitness influencers. She still started anyway, because the people who are for you and who are attracted to you, they will stay. They want to hear what you have to say. Um, another is, I would say, again, more than just positive self-talk. I think it's how you speak to yourself. Um, changing your internal dialogue, right? Um, your subconscious knows. Uh, whether you're saying those negative things uh, to or about yourself inside your own head or whether or not you're saying them out loud. Um, certainly uh, daily affirmations help me a lot. Um, you know, following, uh, really healthy content on social media. It's one of the things, one of the reasons why I put out the content that I do on, on, uh, Instagram and whatnot. Um, but don't just put false positivity around yourself. Um, I may do a podcast episode in the future on, um, the lucky girl syndrome. Um, it's all over TikTok and whatnot. And I found it very interesting because luck is wonderful, but is it also just false positivity? You know, I'm, I'm lucky not because something just happens without me working for it or fighting for it. Um, but just because I am me and it happens. But I, I think that there's an element to that that can be very, um, you know, false positivity, right? You still have to work for things in life. You still have to go after them. You still have to do your self-healing work. Um, but I think that it's also really important, certainly to put positivity around yourself, to talk positively about yourself, but also to change how you speak about yourself and change those old stories that you hold on to. You know, um, changing how you view yourself. And a lot of those stories come from childhood. You're going to have to rewrite those. Another element is um, establishing healthy boundaries. People with low confidence and low self-esteem usually have a harder time saying no. It's common to want to please others and to avoid any discomfort and conflict. That's normal, right? We want things to go smoothly. But Nothing is more empowering than saying no to someone when, you know, maybe the old you 
would have said yes. So only say yes to the things that you actually want to say yes to. If you're like, uh, maybe say no, learn how to say no, learn how to set a, a healthy boundary. Um, for me in the past, things have gotten a little bit better, uh, recently, but in the past when my mother would say things that were hurtful or that were not okay, I would say, you know, um, if you're going to continue to talk to me like that, then, you know, I, I'm going to go ahead and leave for today and we can try again another time because I, I'm not going to allow that, right? I'm not going to allow you to try to tear me down because I know, first of all, I know it has nothing to do with, uh, with me. But it still is hurtful. And here is my boundary. You don't get to do that. And so again, say yes to the things you actually want to say yes to. Um, I found in my life before I did a lot of my self-healing work, and again, before I was confident, I often said yes to everything. Meaning people took advantage of me all the time. So guess what? I had to learn how to say no. And it was very uncomfortable in the beginning. But I learned to get better at it. And so I was able to cut out the things that I really didn't want in my life so that there was room for the things I really wanted to say yes to. And I think that that's also very profound. Um, when you are working on your self-confidence, you also need to work on how you take care of yourself. Yes, of course, we talk all the time in society uh, today about um, self-care, but you also need to learn how to care for yourself. Take really good care of you. You are the most important person in your own life. You're with you more than you're with anyone else. So um, you can really increase your own sense of self-confidence and self-esteem by showing yourself that you love you, that you care for you. Uh, I once heard it put this way, which was, how would you treat yourself if you knew that you were worthy of being loved by yourself, like by you? And I was like, oh, holy crap, that's really good. Um, Because I, I didn't for a long time. I didn't think I was worthy of loving myself, of being loved by others. So now I show myself a lot of self-care. Now that self-care, again, can look very different. Um, yes, uh, I have on next Tuesday, I am going up to the spa up in uh, Totem Lake. Yay. I absolutely love doing that for myself. I get massages. I do all that kind of stuff. I get my nails done. I certainly get my hair done, whatever. I do little daily self-care things with my skincare routine and my makeup and, you know, things like that. I've moved to all clean makeup, but it's very natural. It's very soft. Also the clothes I wear, also the home I have. Um, I personally don't own a TV. Um, it's not that I don't enjoy watching things, but I don't read if I have a TV. And my home is so much more calm and um, so much more calm and relaxing, uh, which is part of the environment that I want to create. But my self-care also includes holding myself accountable, not blaming uh, things on others, changing my internal dialogue, um, setting boundaries, uh, soothing my inner child. It's also doing my inner work, my healing work. It's also um, 
you know, making sure that I don't overspend financially, right? Have a budget and stick to it. Yes, buy yourself nice things every once in a while, but, you know, have the money ahead of time. It's also, of course, in, you know, eating well. It's also in the quality of my, um, the quality of my, my interactions, right? One of the things as well for my self-care that I focus on is longevity. Um, I've recently been reading a lot about, um, I, I had uh, years ago as well, I've been following a lot of this stuff, but it's on uh, Blue Zones, right? These are groups of people all over the world where um, they live to over the age of 100 or more, and it's it's a large group of people. And in the United States, there's only about 70,000 people who uh, each year who are kind of at this space. And the only place in the United States where there's um, this blue zone is Loma Linda, California with the Adventists. But what they found was there are these kind of nine lifestyle habits, right? And so I also consider this self-care. And one is moving naturally. Yes, certainly, um, you know, work out or whatever, but also, you know, for me, um, it's learning how not to drive everywhere, walking, right? Another is um, having purpose. Um, there's a group of people in um, Japan, and so the Okinawans call it ikigai. Um, the there's another group in Costa Rica, and they call it plan de vita, and it's why I wake up in the morning. So again, as we talked about, boosting your confidence, not just boosting it, but having an authentic confidence is knowing your sense of purpose. Um, apparently it also, um, is uh, like adds up to, or could add up to, uh, seven more years of life expectancy. Um, you know, another one is, um, downshifting, right? Uh, everyone experiences stress. Um, stress leads to chronic inflammation, which is basically associated with every major related disease. So the world's longest living people have, uh, or what they have that we don't are routines that shed stress. Um, that Okinawans, uh, take a few minutes each day to remember their ancestors. The Adventists pray. Um, the Sardinians do a happy hour. You know, there are all these different things. Um, another is, you know, eating uh, more plants. Um, other than the Adventists, all people in the blue zones uh, drink alcohol uh, moderately and regularly. And they do it with friends or with food. There's a sense of belonging. Um, they all belonged, all these different groups belong to a faith-based community. Denomination didn't seem to matter. Um, they put their loved ones first. They put their families first. This also usually means that aging parents and grandparents, you know, don't, uh, or, you know, don't, um, live in nursing homes. They live nearby. Uh, one of, another thing is having the right tribe. They either choose or born into social circles that supported healthy behaviors. And so the Okinawans create a group of five friends that commit to each other for life. And I find it fan, uh, just absolutely, uh, absolutely phenomenal that, you know, 
um, studies show that smoking, obesity, happiness, and even loneliness are contagious. So social networks of long-lived people have favorably shaped their healthy behaviors. So find other people who are interested in investing in your self-care. Find people that are not new. Sure, maybe have a wide group of friends, but also have a group of a few people that matter the most to you, that you would do anything for. There are about six people in the world, six, that I would absolutely take a bullet for. End my life at this very moment, if it meant saving theirs. And not just saving their life, but, you know, like investing, putting the time in. I don't understand, um, you know, my kind of philosophy is why have friends if you don't support them and support them regularly. Uh, There was actually an article, I think I saw it on Instagram recently, and I think it was Forbes. And uh, they said, move to where your friends are. Like when you consider your next move, move to where your closest friends are. I think that that's so profound and important. Um, and then let's do the last two. Um, so one for uh, one of them for me is, um, you know, building the self-confidence is comfort your inner child. I think it's always important to, you know, to do daily, um, to have a, a look into yourself. Take a deep, take a deep dive every day. That's what I do. And I think that really kind of questioning your inner critic, communicating with your inner child, um, you know, looking at kind of this, this aspect of, you know, doing that kind of deep reflection work, talking to your inner child. How are you today? Those are the repressed, uh, can also, you can find a lot of the repressed parts of yourself, right? The stress, the, you know, why were you triggered by something? Usually has something to do with your inner child. Um, I think another thing is to really be honest with yourself. Um, know that you need to work on your confidence. Know that you need to find daily things that work for you. You need to kind of create um, habits and behaviors that increase your ability to love yourself, have self-confidence, and um, kind of build your own self-esteem. So let's take a look as well at what's the difference between confidence and self-esteem. Um, I tend to use the terms self-esteem and self-confidence interchangeably. Um, although they, they kind of exist at varying levels and different kinds of combinations. So your self-esteem greatly influences your self-confidence. Um, a lack of self-esteem exists kind of on a primal level, right? When we looked a few episodes back at the Enneagram and, um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? What are those basic kind of, uh, kind of needs on the, that quote, those kind of primal needs, I should say. Um, and I think that the lack of self-esteem really steeps into your psyche and influences everything you do. A lack of confidence is usually solved um, by like gaining knowledge or expanding your skills and practicing until your ability increases. So they're slightly different, right? And 
both self-confidence and self-esteem relate to your perception of yourself. Self-confidence relates to your perception of your abilities and self-esteem relates to your perception of your worth and your value. Um, you know, again, as we talked about, self-confidence is more of an outer focus and ability, what others see, and self-esteem is more about an inner focus and how you feel about yourself. But both, again, are kind of two sides to one coin. Um, it's really important to to take a look at both of these aspects. That's why it's important to build your confidence, to build your self-esteem. And again, they can happen at kind of uh, different kinds of levels. So let's close with talking a little bit about what kind of keeps you from being confident. I think, of course, society plays a huge role. Um, I think marketing strategies are designed to draw out our insecurities and then offer us a solution um, that a a company has you know developed, right? So that we will um, spend our money and then this this problem will be solved. Um, I think that there's a lot of oppression and repression within our societies, right? We see people marginalized all the time, whether that be sexism, racism, homophobia. Um, our system of government, our system of our societal systems often tend to leave people feeling fairly powerless. Um, I think that's a lot of times why people shift the, the responsibility, um, try to place blame on other people instead of saying, okay, I've got to clean some things up in my own self. And I think that that can really lead to a lot of feelings of low confidence and low self-esteem. And, you know, powerlessness, it's not easily resolved. We really have to make changes. We really have to do our deep inner work. Um, This is something that has happened for me as well. Um, There were plenty of times like I shared earlier in the podcast about, you know, coming back from Zambia that last time. And I felt deeply powerless as if life was really just happening to me. And, you know, particularly this, this man was really there to kind of, I don't know, chip away at who I was. And what I found instead was I had to chip away at all of the parts of me that were that were not serving me anymore, that weren't helping me. And um, I've shared this on the podcast before, but I, I really had to take a jackhammer to the foundation that was built. And so for me, you know, um, I really struggled with confidence from a very young age. And it really came in the form of a lot of the wounds and trauma in childhood. Um, you know, I don't certainly blame my mother for, you know, the borderline or for the um, bipolar, um, but it definitely has had an effect. And so I've had to reconstruct my foundation. I've had to let go of a lot of things, a lot of beliefs um, about myself, about other people, um, but particularly about myself. I've had to let go of a lot of stories, right, that I constructed to keep me safe. And so I think that this also plays a very big role. I also think that um, even if we were securely attached as children, you know, sometimes relationships, right? We'll get into the wrong relationship and then we feel very beaten down. 
um, because of what someone said or how someone acted, or maybe someone was not faithful and they cheated. Um, this can be very difficult and this can really erode our self-confidence and also our self-esteem. And so we have to go back through and really build this back. And, um, so, you know, we talked about a lot of those ways that I have really worked on building my own self-confidence and, you know, um, have, have really learned how to move forward. Um, I will say in closing, one that kind of came to mind was really, uh, really learning how to face my fears. Um, what I have found is that when I am afraid of something, yes, I have to self-soothe. I have to kind of, um, hold my inner child a bit. And, um, but I've also found that facing those fears, um, really has changed my sense of self-confidence. Um, I always was concerned if I would embarrass myself or, you know, um, you know, because my performance wouldn't be good enough because I, I don't know how to do something or whatever. Um, and it, it caused a lot more anxiety. But when I actually faced those fears, when I actually said, okay, I need to take a look at this, um, that really, really helped me. So um, I hope that this episode was helpful for you. Um, you can certainly reach out to me. Uh, people email me all the time. My email is createlovefreedom at gmail.com. And you can either talk about a specific episode or you can um, share your story. Uh, that has certainly been, um, there's certainly a, a place to do that. Uh, if you would also like to send me a direct message on Instagram, you can do so. We are at Create Love Freedom and um, you can uh, talk with us there or talk with me there, I should say, because uh, I will directly respond to you. Um let's see a couple of things. I have been, I've had a lot of people ask about one-on-one coaching. So I've started one-on-one coaching. Um, I can of course create a personalized package for you. Uh, but the standard for right now is I charge a hundred dollars an hour and it's a minimum of four hours a month. Uh, we can also of course, uh, make some changes if you have a different situation. Um, but the standard will always be, uh, as a base rate, um, $100, uh, an hour. So, um, we also of course have a members club. You can, um, go to our Instagram page at create love freedom and click on uh, the link in our bio and sign up there. Um, you can join our wonderful community of women who are doing their own self-healing work and, um, again, each month they have access to a new masterclass, a new self-healing topic, complete with multiple videos that I do um, on that topic, as well as a workbook. Um, but you will also have access to um, all of the previous masterclasses that I have done. And that is $29 a month, and it is a subscription. So if those are of interest to you, please go and check those out. And until next time. <music>